everybody. Welcome back to How to Live the Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon. Hello there. We are coming to you all the way from LA. We've had the most magical week here. Actually, um, our social media and PR coordinator, Bianca, came over for the week with us. She sure did. She also coordinates our podcast interviews. And while we were over here doing podcasts, we couldn't not have her here with us. No, it's been such an awesome week to basically relocate how to live hq to la minus a couple of key members who have jealously been looking along on instagram totally but we made sure we had a lot of fun we took her to some of our favorite cafes like jones on third we had an epic dinner at our favorite place delilah and we even managed to squeeze in a little bit of work while we were here totally so that work Probably didn't look like work on Instagram, really, because we did um, a lot of retail recon. So we were checking out all the amazing things that are being done here in store. Um, a couple of our favorites. Should we talk about them? Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, Glossier was a highlight. Um, so this is on Melrose Place. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's like this pink absolute wonderland the way they present their products is amazing they even have like an instagram pink cave where you go in and you take your photo oh the cave was my favorite part reformation was the other store that we just loved they've basically recreated a digital experience but in store so you go into a change room you have a screen where you can hit what size or what item you want and then it magically appears in this wardrobe behind you it's very cool retail is very exciting in LA and we can't wait to use this inspo and bring it to an awesome pop-up somewhere near you soon Totally. So today on the podcast, we have the incredible Margie Woods. She is the founder of iconic Australian fashion label, Victoria and Woods. We love this label for so many reasons. Their product are mostly Australian made, which is so cool in this day and age. And they really care about sustainability and their pieces are incredibly beautiful and can frequently be spotted on Australian celebrities. You know we love celebrities. We sure do. We were so lucky to sit down with Margie. We got to hear her secrets on how she built a brand that this year turned 15 years old, you guys, which is like honestly ancient when it comes to a fashion brand. Most don't make it through their first few years. Um, Margie talks to us about how she built up the experience to start her label and a fashion agency at the same time. She is just a total go-getter. Um, she also talks about how she still uses her mentors to guide her through her business journey and so much more. So stick around to the end of the episode to hear what awesome thing we've got coming up for you next week. And here's Margie. Have fun. We're gonna make it loud. We've been such big fans of Vic and Woods for such a long time. As Thank you can you. see today, I'm in your double winter knit delicious pieces. Yeah, I love um, it. But we were so excited to get to sit down with you as well because in addition to being so excited about hearing about the Vic and Woods like, story of how it started, we were also like, oh, I just want to get to know Margie and like hear, <laughs> hear a bit more about, about you. So yeah. when you were growing up, did you always want to be in fashion? Yeah. Do you know what? I don't know. I keep thinking about this a lot, but really... I was surrounded by fashion a lot growing up because, you know, my mum was always super stylish. She literally got her own clothes made all the time, you know, by a seamstress. Um, and then there were like some serious fashion moments while I was growing up. In particular, it was my aunts who used to fight over their designer fashion pieces and like they'd share it but never wanted to share it and then mm. 
it was like this always this shoe thing going on um and I used to watch them and you know it was just like these fashion moments that kept happening and then um at in high school it was you know the music was a big part of our lives and getting dressed to go out was a big part of our lives so it's just a big part of my life and the people that I hung around with so I think it was just yeah I don't I don't know if I was gonna always do it I just know it was part of my life yeah, yeah. like it was just something you loved but you, yeah you hadn't necessarily planned out this life yourself right. in fashion it was just yeah. like I love fashion it's just a part of who I yeah. am yeah 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 I think that's honestly how it sort of like maybe evolved from there so cool so then what did you kind of go on to study at uni well I started off studying in arts because I didn't know what to study like leaving school I had no idea so I went into an arts um, degree and then kind of like that really took me nowhere I feel like so many people can relate to that it's (laughs) like what do I do 100% yeah it's just like a kind of like thing that you do when you don't want to make a decision I feel yeah or you don't know what that decision is have no idea or you didn't get enough marks to probably you know yeah pursue the thing you want to. yeah and I didn't know about those the portfolio work that I could have probably gone into you know I just didn't have you know those opportunities um open to me back then and then so I think I just you know started working in cafes bars restaurants and then suddenly went back into studying again and then I just started studying marketing instead which Mm -hmm. is a bit more broader again but at least it was a little bit more focused and back then it was a big thing I think marketing when um, I was studying yeah and then my first real job I guess was in fashion so okay where was that um, so where I really kind of, you know, cut my teeth into it was um, a company called Metallicus. I don't know if oh, you know Oh, yeah. It. We used yeah. to love Metallicus back in the day, like those it's, stretchy. It's like, yeah. yeah, the yeah. long sleeves that you would yeah. kind of wear under a dress or like you'd wear the double, like you'd have like a light oh, pink so cool. with like a light purple on top yeah. so you could kind of see double layers. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Kind of and like it a was, stocking material? That's right. Yeah, it was crazy like how – big it was yeah <laughs> it was like this, everyone was wearing it. fabric yeah, yeah it was amazing and then you know she expanded it over the years and it became like a almost like a full like different fabrications within the same concept and that was and Melma Hammersfeld that yeah, that, right? yeah yeah and she's still like a friend of mine and she's amazing yeah so yeah I did um a number of years there and my experience kind of ran from you know helping with product to marketing to you know quite all parts of the business because it started so small when I was there and it was really quite large even opening up retail stores by the time I'd left yeah it was quite big and I think they sold it a year after I'd left so yeah yeah and that can be something that's so good about working in a small team is that you kind of get to experience a little bit of everything right well that's right yeah yeah when you're running your own business you kind of have to know everything yeah yeah it's not just the one thing yeah Yeah. and that's something that like when we yeah when we're such a small team like at the moment you know we're full-time and then we have two other full-time employees yeah and when it's like you know we're bringing in a new person it's like what's my job gonna be it's kind of like well, we could tell you specifically some things, but really you kind of got to get ready to get your fingers dirty in every pie because you just have to go for it. You don't have a lot of hands, so we need all hands on deck. And it's kind of like ends up being the best learning experience sometimes. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm like, I have to stop myself from, you know, getting into the everyone's departments all the time because it's like, oh, I wouldn't do that. But it's like you can't control everything, you know, but I think that's a good thing about starting a grassroots thing that that you're involved in everything so so from there like when did victorian woods kind of how how did that get born 
So just before leaving Metallicus, actually there was like an idea that I'd had that I used to pitch to Melma and she doesn't even remember it to this day when I speak to her. (laughs) I'm like, I wanted you to do this. And um, yeah, so it was this idea that I'd pitched to her that, you know, we would move into a, you know, more contemporary design with 100% merinos and things like that. It just made sense to me that that Metallicus could do that but she'd said no I'm not doing it and anyway she doesn't even remember these conversations (laughs) so one day I just thought I'm going to go and do it on my own so um I felt it was a real gap in the market and um I developed a few pieces of just really simple 100% superfine merino cardigans that were kind of long line contemporary quite different to what was out there in the market and I showed it to a few people and I got this amazing huge order that I didn't even know what to do with because like oh how am I going to do that now like you know was that like from a boutique yeah from a boutique who I told her what I was doing when I'd left she was already a colleague of mine so I presented her with the collection and she um wrote this massive order and yeah and it just all kind of went from there amazing isn't it a bit like that like we were just discussing in terms of like us partnering with wholesale it's kind of like you know pitch first figure it out later yeah you kind of got to like get people interested and then if they are you'll kind of make it happen yeah so so you went from like having these concepts of a cardigan and then this huge order like how did you go about that was it just you being one person behind these cardigans at the time yeah so well I have to say the um development side of it took quite a while the number of prototypes that I'd say not no, that's not what I want and then eventually after about five prototypes we, we got to the right one exactly what my vision was and it was just it's amazing how long it took to get there oh, always but way longer than you think way right? longer yeah yeah for something so simple you know and I just like I just had a specific vision you mm. know and I didn't really know how to articulate it but when these prototypes kept coming through eventually I understood how I had to articulate it with the most simplest simplest form Mm. I think sometimes that's hard as well when you're creating something new and it's all in your head but like you know whereas if you were just copying a cardigan that was out there already you'd be like oh see that replicate it yeah this is like no I want something entirely new yeah yeah um so once you did once you were creating these pieces um were you kind of like thinking about the customer and what they wanted or were you just kind of like I'm just going to do this and they'll buy it. Were you thinking about like creating a brand at that point? Um, Do you know, I think I was always the customer because I was a real big brand shopper and this was definitely a gap in the market for me. So it's definitely something that I felt I wanted in my wardrobe, just those contemporary basics. And I know a lot of people do it now, but back then no one really did it. And um, yeah, so was I thinking about the custom? No, I think I was more thinking about what was missing in my wardrobe and then the knowledge I had about how customers shop for quite simple things because of probably Metallicus. That is actually something that we've heard um, quite a few people say, and I know it's definitely true with us as well. It's kind of like, oh, you create something that you want because yeah. if you want it, the likelihood of someone else wanting it too is quite high. Yeah. And I think like when you're starting something out, it's always the easiest to look at yourself and say like, what's missing in my life and be able to fulfill that Yeah. rather than being like, oh, I want to sell to that person, but I have no idea what she likes or what she wants, (laughs) you know? Yeah, that's right. So at this time when you were starting your fashion label in 2004, um, you were also deciding to start this fashion agency and represent other brands. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, which when we were kind of reading about that, we were laughing because that's totally something that we would do, like, you know, just biting off way more than we can chew. Yeah. And, you know, you've already got this one label and now you're also wanting I to know. represent other labels. I was talking to a designer the other day um, at the David Jones event and she was asking me the same thing. And I'm like, I really don't know many people in fashion who don't have a side hustle <laughs> of some of some type, like just you guys, like Christine Centenera is the, you know, Look yes. what she's doing right now with her ward, the wardrobe. Yeah, and, amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, I just feel like a lot of us have a few things going on. Yeah, it's that entrepreneurial spirit. It really that you're is. Just like you're not yeah. satisfied with one, and it's very like you know millennials now. Everybody, yeah, has yeah. the side hustle. Everybody yeah. wants to be doing, you know, because you you're passionate about more than one thing. You, oh, you don't want to be what? cutting I yourself could off. Start up two more two more things that like I'd want to, yeah. but I just you know do I have the time? No, <laughs> yeah. let's be let's get real. But, I feel um, like you're considering it secretly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one day you know like yeah, but um yeah with the loft it was um I had an opportunity to represent a handful of brands and one of the brands happened to be my own brand as well, and um and they kind of just yeah both took off and I just didn't realize they would and again the agency was a gap in the market as well at that time I just really was very lucky at that time to um be starting businesses at a time where there was a need for them I Mm. think Uh, and to answer your question before you asked me whether it was intentional to have a brand or was it just product based I guess you were inferring to with both those businesses it was always brand yeah always brand definitely you know if I was going to do something it was going to I was going to do it properly yeah Mm. Totally. So, you know, Victorian Woods has just turned 15, yeah. which is crazy. Congratulations. Happy birthday. <laughs> did you have Balloons. a birthday party? <laughs> we did have a party, actually. We um, uh, we had a few people um, get together with us who've been, you know, a big part of the brand's life over the last 15 years and some who are much more newer to the brand. And we took them out for lunch at the Stoke House and that was really, really nice. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And then we, um, you know, the very next day we had the, we've, I think we opened the show for the VMFF runway for one of the, um, and that was a really special moment as mm. well. I think you girls were there. We were there. I'm sure yeah. I said hello to you. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we were there. Actually, you were at my first door opening too in Armadale. I'm pretty sure it was you too. Was that your first door opening? Yeah. No yeah. way. Yeah. We Amazing. were there. You were there. Oh my there. goodness, you're right. Yeah. I didn't even make yeah. that connection. Well, you were very unique um, too. Like, so I, yeah, I definitely remember you there. Yeah. So, so. Um, I mean, in terms of like 15 years for a fashion brand I mean I feel like that's a lifetime Mm -hmm. like that that's ancient really yeah I know (laughs) um so like do you feel like there are any like secrets to the longevity like you've obviously seen a lot of different waves coming through the fashion industry coming through trends coming through the way people buy what what do you think the secret is to your success over that time um I don't know like for me maybe it was that I took things really slowly. So we were a wholesaler first and we took our time doing that. We took our time going into David Jones. It was a really, you know, I said no before I said yes a few times, you know. And um, yes, I think that just go slow and really consider every move has been good for me. Uh, What else? Trusting your gut probably is one of the biggest, I would say, has really worked for me. 
And it sounds like those things kind of go hand in hand. Like I think so many people like don't trust their gut and they just kind of like look externally what everyone else is doing and they just like get freaked out and they're like, I need to grow that quickly. I need to be an overnight success. I need to be a $20 million business in three months. You know, like, yeah. yeah. And that's so such great advice. Like you just like took it slowly. And yeah. And And sometimes I didn't trust my gut. Like we were talking about Bloomingdale's before and my gut was saying, this is not right partnership for us, you know, and it could be perfect for you but I knew it wasn't for us all that timing was not right um and you know more often than not if I don't listen to it it's just you know it ends up hitting you in the face (laughs) so because we all have that instinct but it is like very easy to ignore it and be like no 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 like I'm just I'm not going to listen to you what you have to say I'm going to go out and do what everyone else is doing that's right but like that when you listen to yourself is when you kind of like create something unique that's right yeah well and maybe also it's like about compromising in the short term for the long-term vision and Mm. I think that's something that we've definitely struggled with in the past as well is like you know oh we can have a quick win in a month or we can hold off and we can know that this is really going to pay off in 12 months time like that takes real patience and you kind of have to put your pride aside yeah um which is really hard to do sometimes yeah that's right yeah and so I mean I guess on that note like did you have, have, are you someone that kind of does have a future plan? Like, do you plan for like, what's going to be happening in one year, in five years, in 15 years? You know, years? like I honestly have had such a small business mentality for so long, which has been amazing because it's really kept us creative and agile. And and I think there's like a lot to be um, kind of said for that, like to remain a little bit less planned but um, we have grown and we do need plans to be able to stabilize us. We do have a strategy that's it's a three year strategy, whether it, it doesn't mean we're not going to, you know, loosen it up or change it up a little bit. But we need that direction. My team needs direction. I need direction. Like We're a lot bigger now. So mm. it's important to have it at this point in the business's um, life cycle. Yeah. But that's really interesting that you say like that small brand mentality doesn't really have that because like we are so bad at planning and yeah. it's something I we're always terrible. feel so guilty about. Yeah, but enjoy it while you can. Yeah. Because so, like, it is, you know, a lot of magic comes out of that too. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Being able to just like seize an opportunity that comes up. That's right. Like being able to just and mobilize it's so everyone. It's harder to do that when you're bigger. It's just, it's like, it doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. when you were smaller, were you kind of taking things? Like, Absolutely. were you planning or were you Any, kind of. Like, to be honest, anything I wanted to happen would happen mm. because we would just make it happen because we were small and we just had a trade meeting um, earlier and we were talking about something that we have been talking about for close to eight months and we still don't have it in the stores and like why Mm. (laughs) we would have turned this around in like two months last year what is going on you know yeah and it's kind of like an advantage that smaller brands have over bigger brands when you're small you think yeah yeah, you're like i wish i was that big and i could do everything but as a small brand yeah you can just like get stuff done if you know david jones said to us last year they were like could you pull together a like a whole pop-up for us in like two weeks and we were yeah. like sure that's right you know yeah. like we were all and they were acting death. like it was the biggest ask ever and we were like we don't understand we worked till lead times of like three days that's like right. two yeah. weeks is ample yeah, yeah. that's right yeah uh, yeah it's it just like, means you can you never know what opportunities are going to come up perfect example that would not happen with us because it would just take you know every department getting together and it's like whereas before it's like hey let's make it happen yeah and and we did so do you miss those days sometimes sometimes I do but I'm really excited for what's ahead yeah you know and that's that's there's newness in that which is really exciting totally 
Um, so the first time we met you um, properly, yes, yeah. got to sit down with you. Um, we were at this round table for Vamp, yeah, um, last year at the governor's house. Governor's house, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the so we, we basically got invited like a lot of brands. Um, yeah. some were younger, like ours, or some had been around for longer, like yours. Um, and it was just like a round table for everyone to kind of share yeah. issues and things in the fashion industry. And something that we were really interested um, to hear was that most brands sitting around the table had retail stores. Yeah. And we were interested in that because, you know, nowadays you hear like, you know, everyone starts an online store and it's... You, yeah, you, you want to be an online brand. Yeah. That's like the thing. Bricks like, and mortar is hard. We've always loved the idea of having stores and, you know, and played with the idea and said like, oh, that would be so fun. But I think like at our core, neither of us really ever saw that as like being realistic or being, yeah. I guess, a positive move for us. Yeah. Um, but then we've, we were so inspired by sitting around the table and listening to all these people that were actually running stores and yeah. being like, yeah, it's awesome for X, Y, Z, all these reasons. Yeah. So what, like, what was that move like for you to yeah. go into retail stores? Yeah. So I went into retail, to, I think I said 2014 um, was when I opened up um, Armadale. That's 10 years after I started the brand. We got there slowly. Um, but there was definitely demand, I guess, for it at that time. You know, we were a wholesale business for so long. We built up a, um, a following and um, the product categories grew. Like we had a full wardrobe offer. So we were ready to open up a store Because you could time. kind of dress someone from head to toes kind of thing. Yeah, although the toes we're still working on. We have, <laughs> sometimes we, we have some shoes in there and then other times we don't. It's Yeah, it'll be more consistent moving forward I hope but um yeah but yeah we're dressing them head to toe we've got a full wardrobe offer for them Mm, yeah yeah so and like I'm sure there are so many pros and so many cons of having retail stores like it's probably great in so many ways and makes some other things more difficult what what are some of the amazing things that have come from you having your retail stores oh look I think the most obvious thing is that we get to engage with our customer and get that real, um, real-time feedback that we listen to. Like I, I read my feedback reports every week religiously from every single store. So, like it's my most important part of my week is to do that. Cool. And then you know the ability to grow as a brand really. Mm. You can kind of like take it to the next level. Yeah. It's kind of like you've built these like levels one on top of the other. Like yeah. you've taken it in these different stages. And like I think what we're starting to realize is that like. Um, even if you grew to this overnight success, brand trust doesn't come just from awareness and yeah. trust takes time. It really does. Yeah. yeah. That's what I said. Like, you know, they're repeat purchases of mm-hmm. our brand. They don't, they haven't just bought it once or twice. Yeah. Like they know the they brand. They are followers of the it. brand. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's really interesting. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking like how many pieces of Vic and Woods I have in my wardrobe. Probably <laughs> a lot. I think I'm definitely a repeat customer. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, we're, we're super excited, I guess, by um, the fact that you're all Australian made or mostly Australian made mostly, as well. Mostly, yeah, yeah. Um, so why is that important to you? It's pretty much all I've ever known really is to you know, manufacture in Australia, probably because of the previous employer that I had as well. Oh, so Metallicus was also made in Australia. Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, they were. But um, yeah, I think like, you know, when you're developing a product for me, because I'd never had that, you know, um, offshore experience, I guess, 
and when you're developing those prototypes and you're going back and forth and that collaborate collaborative piece with your you know pattern makers and then your makers and then something goes wrong and you take it back that that was just part of my process and how we did things and you know we are very design led and it helps doing that um locally you know we have our suppliers literally popping in to our design room like on the hour you know oh my god that's yeah. amazing yeah it's we crazy. have to fly eight hours to get to ours <laughs> yeah well, i don't know I, I just wouldn't know how to do that and yeah. i know that that will become a reality one day because the you know it's getting smaller the pool of people that we can go to here but um yeah but that's just if you come in you would see just it's a revolving door of people coming in with whether it be fabrics or whether it be our pattern maker even though we've got in-house pattern makers we've all so called external ones and even our makers you know like it's it's just the only thing i've ever known really mm. i think you know i think i saw you guys getting involved with like fashion revolution week yeah and with you know all you know sustainability being and transparency being such big topics yeah. today um it's so cool that you guys can like manufacture locally and just be completely transparent and and see these people face to face all the time like, all the time yeah. yeah like it would be amazing if if there was more of that in the fashion industry that's right yeah yeah and it's a shame that like as we're talking about it you're saying like you feel like it's it, it's less and less rather than more and more you yeah because it's actually something that's so special and cool and and even hearing about you talk about it being like a revolving door I just feel like that gives you like this design edge of of thoughtfulness throughout like your whole product offering I yeah. guess it sounds like I don't know. I, th- I think that that would be so amazing to be able to have like the people producing your clothing able to like come in and see your head office and get the vibe and like feel the energy and underst- understand yeah. like every little aspect like that to me sounds so exciting. Yeah. And I just, yeah, wish there could be more, not yeah. less. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so looking back at the last kind of 15 mm. years, uh, were there times when you just thought, nah, this is too hard. I'm going to jump ship. Um, over this oh yeah absolutely um you know um I think that but not many you know not many so there's probably a couple of times that I said to my husband no that's it I'm packing it up and I'm moving to Tassie I'm just getting out of here and (laughs) you know like definitely because like sometimes when those bad times hit they hit really 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 hard Mm. but the funny thing is they're probably hitting all the time now and I'm just more resilient to it do you know what I mean? And that's the difference because you've just been through it so many times. But um, yeah, you gotta yeah, you do really have to be resilient and just yeah, ride through it. How do you pull yourself out of something like that? Oh, look, just oh, on one occasion was me writing some major to do lists the night before, just systematically working through it. You know what I mean? Like systematically just working through the whole um, process. Other times it was just learning to chill out you know, mm. down the beach with my family and, um, you know, if I brought a problem home, my husband would say, okay, let's jump out and look at the daffodils that are just growing right now and it just, you know, just yeah, like Yeah, sometimes you need it. that balance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just breaks that headspace, yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm. Um, and, you know, speaking about like, you know, having that like small business mentality, I guess like things can be like simpler in that way rather than now that you're so big and like you have – even store staff and like everyone's kind Mm. of like everyone needs a paycheck at the end of the day and all of those things like how do you find that balance in your life of like business family time muggy time yeah yeah I know well 
Um, I really love what I do, so that helps. I, I honestly love coming to work on a Monday, even though it's the hardest day. It's like um, I really love coming to work, so that just makes it easy. I, I couldn't imagine it any other way. Um, I was out the other night with some friends and we were talking about switching off and honestly how do you really you say you're going to switch off on a weekend but how do you really really do it mm. you really have to probably go somewhere remote where there's no connectivity <laughs> so yeah. you know it actually the, that's the only way it's actually going to happen or you just intentionally leave your phone at home or at work or something and i have my instagram in a folder so that says don't open i know i can never find it whenever i'm on your phone and i need to get into your instagram I'm like where is oh the folder i yeah. made it one weekend when i was like i don't want to use instagram all weekend and i just yeah. put it in that folder and it worked for two days and yeah. now it's still in that folder but i open it so many times I know, a day I know, <laughs> I know it's it's dangerous isn't it yeah but um i do like i find that um you know i make a rule sometimes and i won't like if I get home, I'll just turn it upside down, take it into my room, and then I disengage from it for a few hours. Um, and then some years I'm better at it than others. Some months I'm better at it than others. It just really depends on what's going on. You know, I'm very mindful of it all the time though. And then um, I know for us, like in our business, um, you know, just starting out and not knowing what the hell we're doing, like on a daily basis, we, we've managed to um, find a lot of incredible mentors that kind of like we can mm-hmm. bounce ideas off of and kind of guide us. Have you had people in your life kind yeah. of like mentors to guide you? Definitely. I've got a, I've got a go-to list of different people for um, different um different questions or problems or whatever it might be and oh just couldn't do it without them I think more often than not people want to help you know and they they definitely you know will help out and give advice how have you gone about finding some of yours just through people connecting me really kind of like chatting and getting the word out and then people connecting you yeah that's pretty much how it happened Mm. yeah and it's so interesting that like people need mentors at all stages of their business like the fact that you know you're like now you know you're finding um someone being so helpful um and that's something we found as well is that like kind of as you go through career stages like different people can come in and help you at different times um and yeah i just think it's so important to ask for that help because like if you need help we definitely need help you know like we all need help oh we all need help yeah Yeah. that's for sure totally (laughs) well one thing this um last mentor did say to me is um you know you know you can ask advice from so many people but you can't ask too many people because then you've got too many opinions and it becomes really confusing so that was a really yeah always remember that mm, <laughs> totally yeah. yeah like sometimes yeah. you've got to like take the so advice you, yeah so if you're gonna call your one person for something don't call all of them about something they might all give you different opinions but yeah yeah but and yeah. and yeah and coming back to what you said at the beginning is like trusting your gut so important that's right yeah um, so for us, we when we started our brand, we yeah. were like, okay, let's be everywhere, let's be global, yeah. um, you know, and like we let's were be like, everything to everyone, yeah. And we yeah. went straight to the US, and we were like, you know, we launched in New York Fashion Week, like in New York. Um, and after about a year, loosely, we s- that's a confusing statement if you don't know the backstory. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we, there's a podcast episode that you can go listen to where oh, we well, we yeah. did a gorilla <laughs> launch um, at New York Fashion Week Amazing. for five hundred dollars. Well done, thanks. Um, <laughs> but we after about a year we started to realize that like 
it's there are a lot of people in the world billions in fact yeah. and to reach all of them with your brand is really difficult yeah. and we started to realize that actually if we focus on australia and even specifically melbourne and sydney yeah. like the markets that we really know yeah and like grow out from there that we could you know create much bigger of a brand impact yeah. is that something that you found as well well i can i kind of think local is global at the moment anyway because of the reach that we all have you know what i mean with social etc but um look that worked for me and i think there's so many different strategies a brand can take that will also work but it's just being focused on that strategy Mm. and how you get there like for me like this is kind of works for me i'm comfortable with it i understand what i'm doing and i really do think that you know everyone's pathway could be just as successful it's just so long as you're focusing on how to maintain that pathway. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And how did you kind of choose that pathway? Was it following your gut? Definitely. Yeah. And um, I have, um, yeah, my local, they're enga- we're engaged with them. I just don't have a footprint overseas hmm. to engage with yet. You know what I mean? And I feel like we haven't even done enough yet here. So, like, there's still so much more to do. Yeah, so you've leaned into your strengths, yeah. really. and then there's that seasonality thing that, you know, opposite seasons, which I'm not ready to tackle yet as well. Luckily, we've got a trans-seasonal product, but, um, yeah, just that trans-seasonality thing, I wouldn't know how it's like making two collections. Yeah, when, double the work. Yeah. I think yeah. the other thing is, like, you know, even Australian celebrities, like, they are all love to wear Vic and Woods you know like you yeah. you're so iconic with Australian celebrities and that's really clever as well because I think so often brands do kind of like go overseas really quickly and go to overseas celebrities but you've yeah. really embraced like local people and yeah. that's worked so well for the brand yeah and that's been quite natural I think you know like yeah I just yeah I'm not sure about the overseas thing I definitely we will do it mm. um it's just not on our current because you take it slow that's right (laughs) (laughs) awesome um well yeah it's been so fantastic to chat to you and really fun to get to know you and it it is so awesome to be able to hear from you and hear like the kind of like the essence behind what you're creating it just makes it all so much more amazing and also like makes so much more sense when you kind of like map it out and can see it all yeah um but so we finish all of our episodes on some quick fire questions what do you do for fun um just go out for dinners and drinks i've got a whole lot of friends we're all going out for drinks this friday night friday the 13th um go down the beach a lot just really hang out with friends and family that's my thing Mm. yeah that's nice um what's in your carry-on on the plane headphones my makeup kit oh, okay you take your not makeup. that i wear much makeup but yeah i take just good to have yeah yeah because i just don't want to lose the good stuff in the plane you know <laughs> yeah i always put things yeah. in my carry-on that i'm like worried I've lost like my jewelry a few times in new york yeah i had to wait a few days so, um what else do i put in there i've always got a book in there whether i read it or not i'm not <laughs> sure charger <laughs> nothing exciting <laughs> <laughs> um what is your favorite cafe i do like alimentary mm. oh we love, love. Alimentary. 
Do you yeah. like the one on Smith Street or the one on yeah. Brunswick Street? Well, I go to the one in um, Smith Street more because it's closer, but I like them both. Yeah, mm, It's the best there. So yeah. beautiful and delicious food. Mm-hmm. Um, what about a dream collaboration for Vic and Woods? Oh, no, that's way too hard. I think I had a dream one with Lindy Klim. It was really a good one that we did. So good. Yeah. Such great synergy there. Yeah, yeah. Really and, on brand. Um, and I think that's the thing. To make it work, there has to be, it has to feel right and everything has to connect but um, I'm dying to do another collaboration, but it has to be right. Mm. Yeah. So I can't tell you what that is because it'd be secret anyway. So Okay. Well, we'll wait to find out what it <laughs> yeah. is then. Awesome. Well, thank you so thank much. You thank you. Thank you. Wow. That was such a dream of mine to get to sit down with Margie. Like, I'm, I'm not joking. I was, like, fully fangirling. I even, like, wore my two-piece Vic and Woods, um, like, epic outfit for her. She I, really did. I, I can vouch for I it. wanted her to be excited and know how much I loved her label. But it was really cool. Um, I don't know. So many, so many, so many lessons um, that I took out of that. But I think that something for me that was really, really cool is that, like, Margie's label is one that I've looked up to for such a long time and kind of think of as this massive, you know, unattainable label, but then getting to sit down with the founder and just hearing, you know, it just started like everything else does. It starts with an idea, with a plan, and then you kind of make it work from there. And I think that like, that's just pretty cool that in 15 years time, some of us could maybe be saying, you know, we were the next Vic and Woods. Totally. That is such a good point. Really good takeaway from that. And Margie is just like so humble and down to earth and awesomely normal. So if you did love this episode, if you liked it even a little bit, we would love you to help us get the word out. So you can do that in a few ways. You can leave us a review in your podcast app. You can share it with your friends or you can share a pic of you listening to us on Instagram. And as always, please DM us your thoughts. We want to hear what are you inspired by in this podcast? What are you going to go out and do now? And what's your favorite Vic and Woods piece? Let's mm. chat Vic and Woods, guys. Fun. Love chatting fashion. Um, so next week on the podcast, we have the incredible Jess and, and Steph. <laughs> and an In Conversation episode with the two of us. We're going to talk about something fantastic it's gonna be super fun it's gonna pump you up totally so we will see you there um anything else we have to add i think that's all see you from la we're gonna go hang by the pool amazing bye Bye.